The History of College Football is a podcast dedicated to preserving the college football gridiron memories from years gone by. Please feel free to visit our website at historyofcollegefootball.com. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson, and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the Heisman winners, the rankings. Today, we will discuss some of the lesser-known college football historical oddities from every team in the Big 12 Conference. Now, I figure I better get this one in before the conference realignment took place. And we'll concentrate on the lesser-known historical oddities. What does this mean? It means, for example, Barry Sanders' incredible 1988 season, 2,628 yards, a five-game stretch of 1,472 yards. That's not on the list. These are the lesser-known historical oddities from each of the college football programs in the Big 12. We'll move in alphabetical order, so here we go. Baylor Bears. In 1916, Baylor began the season with four consecutive wins. They defeated Texas State, 76 to nothing, SMU, 61 to nothing, Trinity, 37 to nothing, and Howard Payne, 47 to nothing. They were unchallenged. Now, after defeating Texas, 7-3, to go 5-0, and the Bears would then shut out themselves in the next two games, in a scoreless tie against Southwestern, and in a loss to Texas A&M, 3 to nothing, and they would go on to finish the season, 8-1-1. And then there was 1917. It was the next season. And Baylor defeated Hardin-Simmons 103-0. So in the next three games, their offense took a sudden turn. In the next game, Baylor scored just three points in a win against Texas. And the following two games, after scoring 103 points to start the season, they were shut out, losing to Texas A&M 7-0 and a scoreless tie with SMU. Iowa State Cyclones. Now, this is the strange case of Coach Joe Myers. In 1899, Coach Myers coached the Iowa State Cyclones in his only season at Iowa State, and it proved to be the most perplexing season in the Cyclones' history. Seeing Coach Myers' first four games, his Cyclones shut out every opponent as they won by scores of 23 to nothing, 32 to nothing, 33 to nothing, and 18 to nothing. And then, in his fifth game, the Cyclones went 5-0 and because they defeated South Dakota 11-5 and allowed the first points of the season. But in the next five games, his teams, the Iowa State Cyclones, were shut out every game, including a scoreless tie, to finish the season 5-4-1. But the other historical oddity that may not be as well known, from 1899 to 1923, Iowa State lost to Minnesota 17 straight times, and four of those losses kept the Cyclones from undefeated seasons, including three in a five-year stretch to prevent what would have been a dynasty. Kansas Jayhawk. In 1909, tragedy struck the Jayhawk program. 
The Kansas quarterback, Tommy Johnson, took a hit in the head against Missouri in the season's final game. He did continue to play, but he was not himself. A year later, he died from complications of the hit. The other lesser-known historical oddity occurred from 1924 to 1990, where for 67 straight seasons, the Kansas Jayhawks posted only 18 winning seasons. Kansas State Wildcats. Well, it occurred on 1939 on October 28th. Nebraska defeated Kansas State 25-9. It was homecoming game, and it was the second ever televised college football game in history and the first ever televised homecoming game. Now, for the other historical oddity, Kansas State has had losing streaks of 28, 18, 17, and 16 games. They had back-to-back winless seasons in 1946 and 1947, 1965 and 1966, and 1987 and 1988. And... Had they not started off 2-0 in 1961, they would have had a fourth in 1961 and 1962. Oklahoma Sooners. 1909 was the most perplexing season. See, the 1909 team went 5-3, and every game was a shutout. They won the five games, and here were the scores. 6 6-0, 6-0, 5-0, 5-0, 27-0. Then they themselves suffered three shutout losses. Five to nothing, nine to nothing, and two to nothing. Then there was 1916, where the Oklahoma Sooners won consecutive games against Oklahoma Baptist and Southwest Oklahoma, putting up over 100 points each time, 107 to nothing, and then 140 to nothing. And then there was the tale of Oklahoma versus Kingfisher College. In 1917, the Sooners defeated Kingfisher College 179 to nothing. I'll say that again, 179 to nothing. Now, they didn't play in 1918, but in 1919, the students defeated Kingfisher College 157 to nothing. After that, the teams never met again. Oklahoma State Cowboys. For a five-year stretch from 1910 to 1914, Coach Paul J. Davis's Cowboys were a regular roller coaster. Follow this. In 1910, the Cowboys scored over 35 points three times, and in the other four games, they were shut out. This is only the beginning. The roller coaster is creeping up the hill. In 1911, the Cowboys scored 35 points five times, including a game where they scored 84 points, and yet they were shut out in two other games. Yeah, that roller coaster is creep, creep, creeping up the hill. Follow this here. We're now at 1912. The Oklahoma State Cowboys scored over 70 points, 70 points, three times, and were shut out once. And now for the final rapid descent. In 1913, the Cowboys opened the season scoring 112 points. And then they were shut out three times after scoring that 112 points, scoring no more than three points in five games. And finally, for the thrilling finish in 1914, the Cowboys opened the season with 134 to zero defeat of Phillips College, 134 to zero. And later that season, they were, you probably guessed it, shut out themselves. Texas A&M shut them out, 24 to nothing. For the other lesser known historical oddity, it's a very, very difficult one to talk about. In 1901, during a weekend pickup game, Joe Huska led a flying wedge into tacklers. A pileup followed, his chest was crushed. The next day, he passed away. The faculty voted to cancel the 1902 season. TCU Horn Frogs. 
The string of mind-boggling shutouts for TCU started in 1898. The Horn Frogs were involved in a shutout every game as they went one win, three losses, one tie. Then in 1902, H.E. Hildebrand's only season as coach, the TCU Horn Frogs were shut out every game and went 0-5-1. In 1913, the Horn Frogs were involved in a shutout in every game again as they posted three wins, one loss, two ties. But the other lesser-known historical oddity was in 1962, with TCU, who went three wins, five losses, and two ties, ruined two perfect seasons that season. So despite their 3-5-2 and two record, they tied number three OSU, 7-7, to seven, and they beat Texas 6 to nothing. Texas Longhorns. In their inaugural game, Texas beat Dallas 18-16. to 16. Then over the next four seasons, their first four seasons of football until the middle of their fourth season, Texas shut out all but one opponent. And then there was the legend of Bobby Lane, 1944 to 1947. Now, Bobby Lane, as you know, was a quarterback, and he broke all of the Longhorn passing records. In 1946, in the Cotton Bowl, he went 11 for 12 to guide the Longhorns to a victory over Missouri. He went on to play for the Detroit Lions and led them to three NFL championships. But the legend of Bobby Lane does not end here. Lane was a phenomenal pitcher for the Longhorns, a once-in-a-lifetime generation who had a, a 15 strikeout performance in a game and set 11 school pitching records. But that's not why we're talking about him. See, on May 4th, 1946, he had suffered a cut in his foot the night before. So on that day, he pitched a no-hitter, and he was aided by drinking 18 cans of beer between innings to ease the pain. Texas Tech Red Raiders. In Texas Tech's first season, 1925, their first game was a scoreless tie against McMurray. On the fifth game of the season, they then topped the century mark as they defeated Wayland 120 to zero. And that two games later, they were shut out for the second time that season, 29 to nothing. So this is a team that scored 120 points in a season, and yet they were shut out themselves twice. And then there's the masked Raider. The masked Raider, called the Ghost Rider, started as a dare in 1936 because no one knew the Rider's identity. The Ghost Rider circled the field at home football games and then disappeared. This tradition lives on. And finally, the West Virginia Mountaineers. Washington and Jefferson was one infuriating opponent for the Mountaineers in the early days. Follow this carefully. In 1891, it's West Virginia's first season. They played one game, and they lost to Washington and Jefferson 72 to nothing. In 1892, they didn't play any games at all. So in 1893, the Mountaineers played their second season, went 2-1. and one. Their only loss was to Washington and Jefferson, 58 to nothing. They then faced Washington and Jefferson a third time in the fourth season of play. This was now 1895, and they were shut out 4 to nothing in a season where they went 5-1. and one. Now, the fourth time the two schools played in 1897, West Virginia was shut out again a fourth straight time by Washington and Jefferson, 12 to nothing. The fifth time they played, 1899, West Virginia was shut out again a fifth straight time, 29 to nothing. In 1900, 1901, and 1902, Washington and Jefferson shut them out every time they played. So if you're counting, that is now eight straight shutouts Washington and Jefferson enacted upon West Virginia University. The ninth time was a charm because in 1904, West Virginia beat Washington and Jefferson 6 to nothing. And then there was the game on November 6, 1915, where West Virginia 
defeated Marshall 92-6. to But in the game, here is one you simply don't hear very often. See, West Virginia was up 92 to nothing, and the Marshall coach, his name was Boyd Chambers, wanted to avoid a shutout. So here's what happened. Marshall run Carter and tackle Oki Sand Taylor right into the end zone. And the quarterback, Brad Workman, threw it in the end zone. Carter had jumped on Taylor's shoulders and caught the touchdown pass, forever etched as the tower pass, and ending the possible shutout of West Virginia over Marshall. 1916, the play was made illegal. Well, there you have it. A few of the lesser-known historical oddities from every team in the Big 12 Conference. Thank you for listening to the History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday.